The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Good morning, church. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to take them to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 14 today. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 14, is where we'll be studying. So glad that each and every one of you had the opportunity to make it to church this morning. We are currently in a series entitled Miracles, where we've been looking at many of the miracles of Jesus Christ and been talking a little bit about how those miracles apply to our each and every day life. Uh, This is our very last service in this series uh, on miracles, and so we started this back in March. And so for the last eight weeks, we've had the opportunity of just going and looking at these different miracles of Jesus and looking at how these miracles really play out uh, in the 21st century. And, And the reason I'm excited about this particular text or this particular passage is because this is a miracle uh, in which Jesus invites one of his disciples by the name of Peter to to join with him in. And the reality is this, God doesn't want us just to be spectators of the miraculous. Uh, He wants us to be active participants in it. And we're going to look at that a little bit. We're going to unpack that a little bit deeper here today as we dive into Matthew chapter number 14. And we're going to begin in verse number 22. Uh, For those of you who are physically able, I'd like to invite you to stand as we read from our text this morning. We're going to begin in Matthew chapter number 14. We'll start in verse number 22. I love this passage, and one of the reasons I enjoy speaking on it, I, I've spoken from this passage many times, is because it really is a place where we see God inviting a disciple uh, to experience the miracle along with him. And uh, as I said a moment ago, I believe God doesn't want us to simply be spectators of the miraculous, but I believe he wants us to be active participants in it. And that's exactly what we're going to see in this passage, and it's why we're going to speak from this passage here again uh, this morning. I just couldn't think of a way to end the series on miracles without hitting this particular story. So if you've been around the church world for any length of time, you've heard this story uh, preached on before, but I hope this morning will be a help and encouragement to you as we look at Matthew chapter number 14 and verse number 22. Here's what the scriptures say in verse 22. And Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Notice verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. The wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a spirit. And they cried out for fear, but... But Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. This morning, I'd like to speak on the subject of stepping into a miracle. Stepping into a miracle. How do we, in the 21st century, step into the miraculous? We're going to unpack that a little bit here uh, this morning, shall we pray? Dear gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. And we're so thankful that you are a powerful, strong, miracle-working God. And I pray that we would have a great faith 
and your omnipotent abilities. Lord, I pray for those that are desperately needing to experience a miracle even today, Lord, that that you would reveal from your word how it is that we can appropriate, how it is we can access the miraculous in our everyday lives. I pray that you would do in and through us, Lord, what we can't do in and of ourselves. And so, Lord, we pray that you would meet with us. Allow your word to minister to our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen, and you may be seated. Here in our passage, we find in verse number 22, Jesus saying to the disciples, hey, I want you to get into this ship, and I want you to go to the other part of the sea. He said, I'll meet up with you later. Now, of course, Jesus, being God, he knew the future. He knew what was going to take place. Uh, He was not caught off guard by the fact that when the disciples got out to the middle of the sea there, that all of a sudden the winds would start blowing, the waves would start billowing and crashing. This was not going to catch Jesus off guard. Jesus knew that though he was sending his disciples out into a boat to the middle of the sea, he already knew in advance that a storm would meet them there. And and the reason I point this out is because sometimes when we find ourselves in life, we're just moving through life, we're working our job, you know, we're taking care of a family, we're trying to pay bills, all of a sudden in our lives we come to places where we find ourselves in the middle of a, a storm. We find ourselves in the middle of a difficulty, we find ourselves in the middle of a hard time, and if if we're not careful, we can tend to believe that maybe uh this caught God off guard. That, that maybe this, you know, uh, trial, this difficulty uh, was something that God didn't know about it. And yet what, what I want to remind you about today and what I see in this passage is God was the one who sent the disciples to the sea, knowing full well that a storm would meet them there. And I want to remind you today that there is no trial, there is no storm, there is no difficulty that your marriage will face, that your life will face, that your career will face, that God doesn't already know about. You know, the reality is this, God is aware of every trial that you're going through. He's aware of it. And he cares. He knows how your heart struggles. And if you're here today and you're struggling with maybe loneliness and and maybe you're here today and you're struggling with depression and maybe you're here today and you're struggling because of a trial that you find yourself in and and maybe it's the fact that you desperately want to have children and and you're not able to have that child or maybe you're here today and and you were hoping that your marriage would, you know, be that fairy tale romance and it it just hasn't turned out that way And, and maybe you thought by this time in your life, you you know your your career would have advanced a little more or, or maybe you're here as a single and you thought but for surely by now I I thought I'd be married I I thought I'd be able to find the one you know maybe you're here and and you're a little bit older and you didn't realize that at this stage in life all of a sudden there would be the health concerns you know and the bills that would be racked up and and sometimes when we find ourselves in these moments in the middle of a trial in the middle of a difficulty in the middle of these storms it's it's easy to begin to wonder if if God's even aware that we're we're going through it the reality is this I want to remind you today that your God is aware of what you're going through He's aware of what you're experiencing. And and I'll even take it a step further. As we see in our passage, not only is God aware of what you're going through, I want to remind you second of all today that God even, and this is hard to swallow, but God allowed it. It doesn't mean that God 
wanted it or made it happen, but in his sovereignty, he has uh, allowed it to happen for his ultimate good. And, and, and I'll even say this, for your ultimate good and his ultimate glory. You see, God allows these things in our life. He allows us to go through these things. You know what? Because he cares and because he loves. And that's what we see here. But now notice verse number 29. I want you to see this for yourself. And Jesus said, let's start at verse 28 to give us context. And Peter answered Jesus and said, Lord, if it really is you, if if it be thou, uh, bid me, ask me to come unto thee. Ask me to join you on the water. I I told you the story a moment ago. Jesus sent the disciples out on a boat, sent them into the storm. A little while later, after Jesus was done praying, he comes out and literally begins to walk on the water through the storms, through the waves. He walks on the water, and and all of a sudden the disciples see Jesus. They see him, but they're afraid. They don't know who he is. They think it's a spirit. They're afraid. They cry out, and Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid. It's me. It's going to be okay. You see Peter saying, hey, if it's really you, then invite me out onto the water to join you. Notice something here. Uh, Peter doesn't just automatically jump out of the boat. He's not so impetuous that he thinks, man, I, I'm just going to jump out there and start running across the water. No, he, 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 he's, he's a little bit careful here. He, he's got this idea of something he thinks he wants to do, but he's not just going to do it suddenly. He's not just going to do it quickly. We see here he, he waits. He asks God, God, is this something you really want me to do? Are you sure this is something you want me to do? Because if it is, then I want you to call me out. I want you to invite me into this thing. And he says in verse number 29, And Jesus said, hey, come, come. Which brings us to our first thought this morning, and that is simply this. If we are going to step into the miraculous in our lives, if we're going to see miracles take place in our marriages, and we're going to see miracles take place in our relationships, and we're going to see miracles take place in the lives of those around us, it starts by stepping toward the calling of God. Stepping toward the voice of God. We might say it this way, stepping toward the word of God. You see, Every once in a while, I'll hear this phrase, and maybe you've heard it before. They'll say, well, there, there's a fine line between faith and foolishness. How many of you have heard this before? You've heard this before? Raise your hand. You say, yes, I've heard that. This is faith or foolishness. Which is it, you know? You know, the reality is this. It is a fine line. I, I've seen many times, you know, where a Christian feels like doing something, and so they're saying, well, I'm just going to step out by faith and do this, when in reality, it's, that's just being foolish. And there's other times where God's calling a believer to step out into something, to do something for his glory, and that Christian will step back and they'll say, ah, oh, that's just foolish. You look at this passage, honestly, if you were to ask me, hey, is it faith or foolish for Peter to step out of a boat into a stormy uh, waters? If you were to ask me, I would say, oh, that's probably foolish that's probably foolish but what is the difference between faith and foolishness how do we know when we're being faithful or how do we know when we're just being foolish how do we discern the difference between the two if you want to jot this down maybe it'll help as we see from our text today let me give you a definition here foolishness is doing something crazy because it feels right. 
doing something a little risky, we might say, because it just feels right. Uh, There have been times in your life where maybe you've done some risky things. You've done something risky with your finances. You've done something risky, uh, you know, with your career. You took took a risk. So how do we know if that risk is faith or if that risk is foolishness? How how do we discern the difference between the two? You see, foolishness is doing something risky because it feels right. Faith is different. Faith is doing something risky because God said to do it. Faith is doing something risky because God says to do it. Now, let me add this. Regardless of whether or not it feels right. You see, there are times where God's going to call you to do something, much like he called Peter out onto the water. There are going to be times where God wants you to experience the miraculous in your life. He wants you to experience a miracle. He wants you to be a part of a miracle. He wants to do something awesome in your marriage. He wants to do something amazing in your life. He wants to do something just spectacular and supernatural in and through you. But the reality is, in order to experience that, sometimes he's going to ask us to take a a step of faith and we've got to be careful not to say oh I I don't know about that God you see faith is doing something risky because God said to do it because his word has declared it because his promises have said it is so regardless of how it feels I've I've had times before where uh, somebody's come up to me and they said pastor I'm taking a step of faith you know uh, we we, we saw this house and and, uh, we can't afford it It's way too expensive, you know, uh, uh, we're going to have to do a a three-year balloon payment and it's going to be $20 a month, you know, for the next four months and then in in five months it's going to go up to $20,000 a month, but I'm just believing God that in the next five months he's going to take care of this thing. I believe it's a step of faith that God wants me to take. I shake my head and I said, you might be taking a step of foolishness right there. (laughs) See, foolishness is taking is doing something risky because you just feel like it's the right thing to do in that moment you just feel you've got a good feeling about that that's not faith faith is when you do something risky because god's word said to because god's promises said it was okay you're following the word and the spirit of god into that thing regardless of how it feels You see, sometimes God's going to call you into something. His Spirit's going to draw you into something. And all your emotions are going to be telling you, no, no, no. And yet in that moment, you've got to obey the voice of the Lord, even in spite of how your emotions are speaking to you, in spite of how your past is speaking to you, in spite of how those around you are speaking to you. Because when God's Spirit speaks, you can trust that all things are going to work together. Several years ago, uh, I was probably 19 or 20 years old, me and some friends got together and we were in Colorado and we decided we were going to go hike the Continental Divide. Uh, how many of you are familiar with, the, with that, that play, the Continental Divide? You, you know what that is, Continental Divide. And uh, theoretically, for maybe some of uh, the kids in here or whatever, the, the Continental Divide theoretically is that place where if you were to take two glasses of water, and if you were right there at the Continental Divide and you'd have two glasses of water and you poured both of those glasses out at the exact same time, that the glass of water on the east would eventually make its way, the water would eventually, over time, make its way 
uh, all the way to the Atlantic. And, and there on the west side, when you poured out that glass of water, the water would eventually, theoretically, make its way all the way to the Pacific Ocean. And, and so they call that point in our country where that happens, they call that the Continental Divide. So me and some friends, we decided, hey, we, we were going to hike the Continental Divide. We were excited about it. It was going to be an all-day trip, and we were pumped about the opportunity. And, and so we did. We got up early one morning. We started hiking. It was a long hike. I mean, it, for those of you who do much hiking and you like the outdoors, uh, this, was, this was a tough one. The altitude was high. Uh, oxygen level was a little bit low. We were having trouble breathing sometimes. It, it, was, it was an intense hike. We got about halfway up there, and our legs are just burning. They're on fire. We're tired. We just kept pushing through, and it got steep at some points, and, and we just we, we, we did it. We finally got to the top after several hours of hiking up the side of this particular peak and got to the top, and man, the, the view was just absolutely incredible. I mean, we could just see the Rocky Mountains all around us. It was just awesome. It was, in, it was incredible. But at that point in the day, we were incredibly tired. We'd been hiking all day, and uh, we were just, man, exhausted. And, and the thought of hiking back down was a little overwhelming to us. And, and uh, we looked down on the other side of this particular peak, and we noticed that there was this, just this huge kind of uh, uh, area where it wasn't, it wasn't like a hike. It was, it, was, it was just all snow down the side of this mountain. It was packed in with snow. It was June, but being where we were, there was still snow in this uh, region, and, and there was all this snow there. And, and one of my friends had this brilliant idea. They, they said, you know what? We, we spent all these hours hiking up. Why don't we just slide down right here? We'll get down the peak way faster. You know, we're looking at this thing, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's a good idea. I mean, it, I don't know exactly, you know, I don't know if it was a quarter mile, a half mile, a full mile. I don't know what it was, but it was, a, it was a long, long ways down. And it wasn't straight down, but it was about as close as you could get to going straight down with a whole lot of snow. Now, I remember looking at that thing. I, I don't know what happened, but at one point, one of my, my, one of my buddies said something to the effect of, well, you know, we've got to take steps of faith in life. And he stepped out and whoosh, he went down. <laughs> we're looking. I don't know what happened in my 20-year-old brain at that moment, but something just clicked, you know? Maybe it was when my mom always said, hey, if your friend jumps off a cliff, are you going to go join him? I don't know what it was. <laughs> but I jumped. I was the second one. The moment I took that step, I realized I'd made a very, very bad decision. <laughs> Man, I'm flying down, and we're going so fast. Literally, the only thing I wanted to do was just stop. I took my hands, I drove them into the, uh, the snow, and I'm going down, and I mean, snow's going up in our faces. What I didn't realize as we were going down is, yes, from the top it just looked like just snow, but there were literally rocks and boulders sticking out of the snow all the way down, and so we'd see these things coming closer, and I'm trying to dodge them, rolling all over the place. I'm thinking, this is an absolute disaster. I have just killed myself. <laughs> flying down this thing, is horrible, you know? We got to the end, and it was June, and so, yes, while there was snow, you know, at the top, eventually that, that snow ran out, stopping snow, and there's just gravel and rocks, and it's steep, and I remember having to jump up on my feet, trying to run over rocks, jump over little boulders, you know, not try to get caught up in the gravel, all without tripping and slamming into that gravel, you know, and I'm just jumping up. I'm, finally, I'm able to slow myself down. I catch my breath, and I say, thank God I'm still alive. I turn around and I look up and what looked like a bunch of little ants flying down the mountain, the entire group of guys, all eight of them, were flying down the mountain and it was a disaster. <laughs> These guys are flopping here and there, rolling, tumbling. 
The next guy who came down, I don't know if he was just a little bigger, I don't know what was going on, he couldn't get to his feet, so when he hit all those rocks and gravel, he just slid right through it. Man, just scraping up his arms as he kind of slid into that gravel. Uh, Another guy, and this was kind of the worst scenario, he had somehow gotten turned around as he was going down, and he hit a rock and literally found out later, gave himself a concussion. We had an ambulance had to come and get it. Literally, this was not not one of our brightest moments in life, you know. I remember sitting there, man, we got done, and we were pulling this guy out, you know, with his concussion. And the reason I tell you that story is is to simply say this. While that was risky, it was not a step of faith. (laughs) Jesus was not beckoning us at the bottom of the mountain saying, Josh, come. (laughs) You know what it was? It was just simply us saying, you know what, it's something risky, but we feel like doing it. And then we went. You know, a lot of people do that in their Christian lives. The reality is faith is not doing something risky simply because you feel like it's something you should do. Faith is something risky or something that may appear risky because God's word is calling you to do it. Is God's word calling you to that thing? Jeremiah chapter number 38 verse 20 says, Obey the voice of of the Lord not obey the voice of emotion it doesn't say obey the voice of your peers it doesn't say obey the voice of those right says obey the voice of the Lord notice this so it shall be well unto thee you say man if I were to step out by faith if I were to follow God's calling if if I were to truly believe all the promises of God and follow and allow my life to move in that direction that would be a huge risk if I were to obey God's word in all the areas he calls me to obey that, w- that would be difficult that would be hard that would be risky but it was C.H. Spurgeon the great prince of preachers over a hundred years ago who said this to risk all for Jesus is to end all risk Hmm. You see, when you're following the word and the voice of Christ, it might feel risky, but Jesus has it taken care of. If we're going to step into a miracle, number one, we must step towards the calling of God. It's not just do what feels right. We can't just do what everybody else is doing. We've got to follow. We've got to allow God's word and God's spirit to lead us every step of the way if we want to experience the miraculous in our lives. Number two, let's keep reading. Notice what the Bible says in verse 29. So Jesus said, come. And so then when Peter was come down, notice these next few words, out of the ship. When Peter was come down out of the ship. You see, if Peter was ever going to walk on water, there was going to have to come a moment where he stepped out of the boat. If he was going to experience the miraculous, if he was going to participate in the miracle, there would have to be a moment where he stepped out of the boat, which leads us here to our next thought today, and that's simply this. Yes, if we're going to step into a miracle, we've got to step towards the calling of God. But number two, we have to step out of our comfort zone. We've got to step out of our comfort zone. You see, there are moments in life where we get comfortable. There are are moments in life where things get easy. There are moments in life where, you know, we're just, we like to, we like to be in a place that makes us feel safe. But at some point, you're going to find that 
Sometimes the things God is calling you to and and the promises and dreams that God has for your life, the the vision of where he wants to take you is going to cause you to have to get out of the boat of security and get out of the boat of safety and get out of the boat and step into the storm. You're going to have to step into that place that's a little uncomfortable. You're going to have to step into that place that, you know, is a little confusing. Step into that place that's not quite as secure. One day I, uh, I picked up a brochure, and I, I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story, guys. Don't throw this on the screen yet. I'll cue you up. But I was reading a little brochure, and I can't tell you where I was because that'll ruin the story, but I was looking at this brochure in an office, and I was looking at one of the products that this place was selling, and as I was reading the brochure, no joke, these were the words used to describe uh, this particular product that they were selling. It, it says, uh, it says they, are, they are comfortable, was a word, comfort, I thought that was an interesting word. It's secure, this one was the clincher for me, and cozy. This product, I thought, man, that sounds like, how many of you buy a product, you know, that, that made you feel comfortable, secure, and cozy? That'd be a great product to have, you know? I think, man, that's, that'd, be, that'd be really, really nice. What I found extremely ironic is that this brochure was selling these. Guys, you have it? Right here, all right? <laughs> it was actually a funeral home. <laughs> It was a little brochure for their, uh, you know, caskets. Now, the reality is, let's be honest, it looks pretty comfortable, doesn't it? Look comfortable, it looks fairly comfortable. Uh, definitely secure. How many of you say that? That's definitely secure. Yeah, it's secure. Um, I don't know if I'd call it cozy, but if that's the way the marketers want to present it, let them call it cozy. But the reality is this. If I were to ask you guys, hey, how many of you would want to, you know, spend the next few days, you know, maybe you got some vacation time and just kind of hang out in a casket, how many of you are signing up for that one, you know? You say, why? But it's cozy. It's comfortable. Why not? Because caskets are where things go to die. Can I say this? Your comfort zone and my comfort zone is a whole lot like this casket. We feel, man, our comfort zones make us feel comfortable. Our, com- our comfort zones make us feel safe and secure. Our comfort zones, you know, we, we might even say they feel a little bit cozy. But you know what? Comfort zones are where people go to die. And I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking spiritually and emotionally and relationally. If you want to get to a place where your life is just monotonous, where you no longer are moving forward in life, your life's no longer accomplishing anything grand, then stay in your comfort zone. But I'm telling you what, if you long for a life of adventure, if you long to be part of the miraculous, if you desire to see God continue to do miracles in your life and and do the uh, unexplainable and the, the supernatural, there are going to be times where you are going to have to step out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to step out of what's comfortable. You're going to have to step out of what's familiar. You're going to have to step out of what's, you know, normal for you and say, God, lead me into what you've got. Why? Because that's, that's the life of faith. That's what God is calling us to. It's what he's calling us to be about. Deuteronomy chapter number 31 verse 6 says this, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He'll not fail thee, nor forsake thee. You see, the moment Peter stepped out of the boat, he was leaving 11 disciples 
back on the boat. In order for him to step out of the boat, he's going to have to turn his back on the crowd a little bit. And can I say to you, when, when you step out of your comfort zone, it's going to mean turning your back on some people that are just confused. Why, why are you doing that? Why are you risking that? Why are you leaning into your dreams? Why are you leaning into what God's calling? They're not going to understand it. They're, they're not going to get it. But I'm here to say this, if you're going to stand out, if you're going to step into the miracle, it's going to involve maybe turning your back on the crowd. And so we see here, if we're going to experience the miraculous, we've got to step out of our comfort zones. And I encourage you with this, stop being afraid of all the things that could go wrong. And just start focusing on those things that could go right by focusing on the promises of God. God has given you some tremendous promises. He's given you so many promises in this book that you can glean, that you can go to, that you can claim for yourself. Well, let's keep reading verse number 30. But when Peter, okay, so get the mental picture. He stepped out of the boat. He's walking on water toward Jesus. Verse number 30, we pick it up. But when Peter saw the wind boisterous, it was, wind was blowing, the scriptures say, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. Get the mental picture here. Up to this point, Peter has his focus on Jesus. He's asking Jesus, Jesus, if you want me to come, then you got to call me. All right, I'll do that. He steps out of the comfort zone of that boat, the safety of that boat. He's got his eyes fixed on Jesus. He's focused on Jesus and he's moving toward Jesus. And now he's literally walking on water. He's no longer just a spectator of the miraculous. He's a participator in the miracle. He's a part of what God is doing. And so here he is walking on water. And then all of a sudden it says that he begins to hear the wind. He begins to feel the waves and now he gets distracted. He looks to his right, he looks to his left, he gets his eyes off his Savior, he gets his eyes off God and now he's looking at the storm and he, he's looking at the waves and he's looking at the wind and the Bible says it's in that moment he begins to sink. And, and I want to remind you today, God can take you through a whole lot of storms and he can take you through a lot of difficulties and he can get you through a lot of difficult times in your lives. But you've got to keep your focus fixed on him. And when your focus and your heart and your mind is fixed on him, he'll allow you to transcend the storms and transcend the difficulties. It'll still be there. It'll still be around. But he'll allow you to be a part of the miracle that causes you to walk on the waters even in the midst of the storm. But he gets his eyes off of Jesus and he starts to sink, which leads us to our final thought this morning and that is simply this if you want to step into a miracle you've got to step toward God's calling you've got to step out of your comfort zone and then third you got to step up your concentration on God step up our concentration on God man so easy in our lives it is for us to get distracted by what's happening around us we get distracted by all the pain that we're going through. And some of you have been through some tremendous pain. Some of you are going in this moment through some difficult times. Your life is being ravaged by a storm right here, right now. But I want to offer you hope. And that's this. 
can I encourage you to fix your attention, to fix your focus, to fix your mind and to fix your eyes, not on the storm, but fix it on the Savior. A Savior who loves you. A Savior who cares about you. A Savior who not just cares about you, He knows what you're going through, He cares about what you're going through, and He's powerful enough to help you get through it. And Peter did just fine until he got distracted on the storms around him. And some of you, you're feeling like you're sinking, and some of you here, you're feeling like you're drowning, you're overwhelmed with the emotions of life, you're overwhelmed by the storms of life, and I want to encourage you with this simple thought, can I ask you to turn your eyes back onto Jesus? to turn your heart and fix it back onto his promises. There are so many promises in his word that you can claim. There is so much truth that you can hold on to that will keep you safe and keep you secure even as the winds around you blow and the waves around you beat. You can continue to walk on the water. You can continue to rise above the storm even in the midst of those difficulties if you'll keep your heart fixed on the one who's above it all. Oh, the presence of Jesus. That's what we have the opportunity to experience. Hebrews chapter number 12, 2 says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. My friend, this is all about Jesus. This is all about Jesus. I I want you to notice in our text here, you know what? At the end of the day, this this, this whole thing really wasn't about Peter walking on water. It really wasn't. So what was this about? This was about Peter wanting to get close to Jesus. This was about Peter wanting to experience and enjoy the very real, near presence of his Lord and his Savior. Peter understood that Jesus was the one with life. That Jesus was the one with hope. That Jesus was the one who offered the love and the peace that he so desperately needed. And Peter wanted nothing more than to be close to the presence of his Savior. But here's what's amazing. When Peter decided that he wanted to get close to Jesus, he got to experience the miracle as a byproduct. And I'm here to tell you, as you fix your eyes on Jesus and you move toward Jesus to experience his presence and to experience his peace, as you move toward him, you will find that you'll experience miracle after miracle in your wake. The miracles would become a byproduct of you focusing on Jesus. You see, God desires to meet with you. He has the hope and the peace and the joy that your soul so desperately longs for. But it's amazing how we get to experience the miracle in the process. So we said this a moment ago. If you want to step into a miracle, you've got to step out of the boat. So I ask you this. What is it that God's calling you toward? What is it that he wants you to step into? Maybe it's, 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 it's a dream, and as you've been studying God's word, he's got something that he has for your future, but you're afraid. Or maybe for others of you, it's something you know the Lord wants you to do. Maybe he's, maybe he's calling you toward extravagant generosity, but it, it causes you to become afraid. And maybe he's calling you to serve in some area, or maybe he's calling you to be something or do something within the context of your family, but it makes you afraid. What is it that God's calling you to? What is it that his word is calling you toward? 
And I want to ask you this. What's keeping you from following him? What comfort zone are you having a hard time stepping out of, letting go of, to experience what he has for your future? You know what? If you, if you, want, to, if you want to experience all that God has for your future, there has to be a moment where you let go of all that was in your past. Letting go of the bitterness, letting go of the fear, letting go of the anxieties and the worries, letting go of the discontentment and just release, surrendering it and say, God, I know you're sovereignly in control and I trust you. Why? Because if we're going to step into a miracle, we've got to step out of our comfort zones. What is it that God's calling you to step into today? Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.